But Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you that you have never left us. You have never forsaken us. That the, from the moment that the curtain was torn, there was no separation between us and you. And I thank you for your presence that undoes us and puts us back together. I thank you for your sweet presence here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, have a seat where you are today. If you're at home, have a seat. Once again, welcome to New Life Church. It really is a joy to be able to gather together in person and online. Today, I want to start, take a quick second as we are transitioning to the word. We want to first do a little drawing because it is Father's Day. And um, so I want to do a little drawing. We've got, we've put the, some, our father's names in here. We wrote them all in here so that you guys didn't have to worry about doing that. And I'm going to draw one of these out. One of these is going to win um, a gift certificate. Let me not look. Anthony Shimaleski, you have won a gift card. I will, you can come up and get this now or you can get it after service or whatever you would like to do. Here, Aaron, I'll let you run that back to Mr. Anthony for me. Congratulations, Mr. Anthony. And now I want to take just a quick minute. Every year we honor a father of the year. And this year, our father of the year is actually not here today. He is watching from home. I lined this up with his wife to make sure that he would see this. But this year we are honoring Mr. Eric Brimage as our father of the year. Mr. Eric Brimage is not only a veteran of our armed forces, but he is a father of two wonderful daughters and a grandfather to three wonderful grandchildren. And if you've ever talked to Mr. Eric for more than a minute, you know all about his grandchildren. He is a wonderful father and husband and grandfather. He is a faithful servant to New Life Church. He has been a volunteer who has served in our media areas for a very long time. And we are so appreciative to him for what he brings to New Life Church, and we are so thankful. Let me tell you, we are richly blessed at New Life Church to have a wonderful group of fathers in our house, and so we are just thankful. So, Mr. Eric Brimage, I have your gift certificate and a, pro a gift for you that we will be dropping off at your house soon. We just want you to know that we honor you today. Well, listen, we're going to get into the Word today, but as it is Father's Day, I wanted to start off with some dad jokes. Yes, James Pittman on the front row is excited because it's one of his love languages is dad jokes. And um, I'm just telling you, I will let you know that my husband, Jeremy Young, was happy to create this list for me of dad jokes. So here are a few dad jokes for you. My wife told me I had to stop acting like a flamingo, so I had to put my foot down. If you're at home, I, I hope that you are like us experiencing here that the dads are actually laughing the loudest at this. I bought my friend an elephant for his room. He said, thanks. I said, don't mention it. Get it? The elephant in the room. <laughs> Dad jokes. My friend says to me, what rhymes with orange? And I said, no, it doesn't. Got it? And God said to John, come forth and you shall be granted eternal life. But John came fifth and won a toaster. <laughs> and what do you call a dog that does tricks? A labracadabrador. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dad jokes, right? 
Well, listen, we're going to get into the word today, and I'm actually going to be able to connect some dad jokes here into our word today. I want to start by reading Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, I read this scripture and I realized there's a little bit of a dad joke in here. How many of you have ever heard when somebody says, how often do I have to do that? And somebody says, only every day that ends in Y. Mm, Right? So you mean every day? That's exactly what I mean. And right here in this little scripture, we have a little kind of, I like to see a little dad joke right in here. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So what day are we supposed to encourage each other? Every day that's called today. So that means every day. So listen, let's go to the Lord in prayer really quickly this morning. Lord, we just, we give this day to you. And Father, I humble myself before you and ask that you would speak your words to your people, that you would remove me from it, and it would just be your words. Let me be your vessel today to speak to the heart of your children. Lord, we thank you for your word, for your scriptures, that they are life-giving, they are sharper than any two-edged sword, that all scripture is God-breathed and good for all purposes. And so, Lord, today as we dive into your word, we ask that you speak to our hearts In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've titled today's message, As Long As It's Called Today. I don't know about you, but the months of March and April had 973 days apiece. I literally, in the month of March, erased my calendar, my dry erase calendar, and I put, who knows? I didn't have any clue what day it was. Those months seemed to go on without end. And then May got here, and it just skipped, and now it's June. And I don't know how that happens, right? That some days seem to last forever and some days fly by so quickly. But every day really does have the same amount of time in it. There really are just 24 hours in each and every single day. Though some days seem to multiply, right? There really is only 24 hours. And I don't know about you, but there's been some times, especially in this wonderful year we're calling 2020, when I have said more than once, come Lord Jesus. Anybody else said that? Come Lord Jesus. I remember being a a kid and and hearing people preach about Jesus coming back and being kind of scared about that, kind of because I was young and I thought I really wanted to go to college first. I know that sounds weird, but I mean, I was, you know, we're young, right? But the older I get, the more I wake up every day and I say, you know, today's a good day, Lord. Today's a good day. Come, Lord Jesus. And it seems that the more trials we face and the more hard things we come fo- go through, the more we really, we really desire, man, to just go home. Because we know this is not our home. We're only here for a short period of time. Come, Lord Jesus. And so we're not quite there yet. We don't know when Jesus is coming, and so we've got to get about business here. But I want to encourage you today that he is coming. And I feel like we could all probably use a little bit of encouragement there. First Thessalonians. We're going to be in First Thessalonians today. We're going to be in chapters 4 and 5. This is a great little book. If you have a hard time reading the Bible and just sitting down and reading, um, First and Second Thessalonians are great books to sit down and read. Not a lot of chapters. Um, they will really speak to you some practical things. I want to encourage you to jump into those books. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 
verses 13 through 18. Follow along with me. It says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I have two points today, and the first one is I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. Any of y'all ever said that to your dad before? Right? I am ready to go home. I was a pastor's kid, and my dad and my grandpa were pastors. So on Sundays, I was ready to go home right? Many a nap under the church pew, many um, trying to get my lunch off leftover church mints, so ready to go home. There's just times, right, where we're ready to go home. And all of us, I know, have had that sense where we've called out and said, Jesus, I'm ready to go home. And here's what I want to just encourage you with today. We will go home. Heaven is real, And we will spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And in the midst of life's troubles and of life's hardships, I want you to be able to have hope that says, I will go home with Jesus. When my time comes, I will be home with Jesus. When this world ceases to be, I will be home with Jesus. And some days more than others, we can say, I'm ready to go home. And I want to encourage you today that he is coming. He is coming. And that's something that we can have hope for. It's okay to be hopeful for a kingdom that is not of this world, but is in heaven with Jesus Christ. We can be hopeful for that. Heaven is real. And I am so thankful that those who have gone before me, those who are no longer with us, that we will meet them again. We will see them in heaven. It says we will all be together with the Lord. All together with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 and 6, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about these times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. We don't know when it's coming. We need to say that real clearly. Because let me tell you, for my whole life growing up, I have heard countless preachers and heard countless prophecies about the day and the hour and the time. And let me tell you something. We don't know. We don't know. 
It says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father just waiting for when he can come back to get us. We don't know when that hour and when that time will come, but we don't have to fear it. We just have to keep living in the light. So do we have a hope in heaven? Yes, we do. And thank God that we do, because there are some things that we will face and deal with that the only thing that may get us through that moment is the hope and promise of heaven. And if you have lost someone dear to you, you know what it means to have the hope of heaven and that promise and how encouraging that can be. So I want to encourage you today that heaven is real, that Jesus is coming, that we will be together with him forever. And we are not in darkness, so we do not fear the coming of the Lord, but we live in the light. Point number two, but since I'm here, but since I'm here, I want to go home. I really do, but since I'm here. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse eight through 11. But since we belong to the day, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Listen, I'm still here. He has not called me home yet. So since I am still here, I'm going to do a couple things. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put on faith and love as a breastplate. And let me tell you why you have to have faith and love as a breastplate. Because we have got to have something that guards our heart. And I don't know about you, but right now my heart needs some guarding. Because things are not going well all around us all the time. And there are the arrows of the enemy that are totally seeking out who it can destroy. And those fiery arrows of the enemy are constantly coming for us from every which direction. And so my heart must be guarded. So what does it say? It says that we put on faith and love as a breastplate. Because what will guard your heart? It will be faith and love that guards your heart. Faith and love that will guard your heart. It says that our heart is a spring from which everything comes forth. So we must guard it. We must guard our heart. It says put on the hope of salvation as a helmet. Why must we put hope on as a helmet? Because we must guard our mind. We must guard our mind. Now listen, right now there's all kinds of disagreements and arguments and some people say you should wear a mask and some people say you shouldn't and some people say you should do this and that. And all of those are disagreements about how to protect what? Our physical bodies, right? But let me tell you, protecting our physical bodies is important. And we are doing everything that we can to protect not only our physical bodies, but the physical bodies of those around us, right? And even so, even more so, we must intentionally protect our hearts and our minds. Faith and love will protect your heart. The hope of salvation will protect your mind. And then it says to build each other up. 
I want to go home. But since I'm here, I might as well build some people up. Because what's the point of tearing people down? Because here's my goal. I want to be with you in heaven. It says that whether you go before me or we're still here when the Lord comes, that the brothers and sisters of Christ, it says we will be brought up together with him. And I want you to be together with me. So therefore, I want all of you, I want every single person to be caught up with me in heaven. I don't want any person whose path I cross to not be caught up with me when he comes to take us home. And so therefore, we must build each other up. And let me tell you, it is harder to build up than it is to tear down. It's harder to pack a car than it is to unpack it. This past week, I was helping one of our students load up stuff into my car, and I thought, I'm going to have to rent a U-Haul. This isn't going to work. And we worked hard, and we unloaded, and we reloaded, and we refinagled things, and we stuck things here, and then we just thought, we'll just pray and hold it and hope it doesn't fly forward. And, you know, at some point, we just got to get in. And I, there was one situation where one of us was holding the door on the other side of the car while the one on this side of the car closed the door, and we thought, lock the doors, because if anybody bumps this just right, it's going to be like a can of biscuits, and it's just going to pop out either side, right? It was so hard to pack that car. It took five minutes to unload it. Because when we're unloaded, we're just pulling stuff out, right? It is harder to build up than it is to tear down. Because my flesh man will be quick to tear something down. I know that my tongue can be sharp and that I can tear down quickly. So it has to be a conscious thought in my mind daily to build up. Are these words I'm about to say going to build up or are they going to tear down? And one way that I can ensure that I am someone who builds up and not tears down is to protect my heart from which everything flows and my mind which controls my thoughts. Because if my thoughts and I have the mind of Christ and if my heart is full of faith and love, then what comes out of my mouth will build up and not tear down. So I have to guard my heart and I have to guard my mind. And for all of us, that looks different. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to silence, whatever you need to turn off to do, whatever you have to do to guard your heart and guard your mind, do it because it is of utmost importance. We do not know the hour or the day or the time that he will come back. But since we are here, it tells us that we are children of light. And where there is light, darkness cannot exist. And so we build up. Guard your heart, friends. Guard it with faith and love. Here's the thing. When doubt comes in, it is faith that will run out the doubt. And let me tell you, if you haven't wrestled with doubt, please come and talk to me because I know I have wrestled with doubt. Faith will cancel out that doubt. When confusion comes in, it is the wisdom from the knowledge of Christ that will rush that confusion out. When heartache comes, it is salvation and faith and love that will bring healing. And so, I want to go home. And I know that my home will be great when I get there. But since I'm still here, I might as well wear faith and love and the hope of salvation all on me, protecting me, and I may as well be, well be someone who builds and not destroys. 
I was reminded about the wilderness. I was reading some stuff about the children of Israel being lost in the wilderness, right? And they were there for 40 years. That's a long time. I realized that because I'm going to be 40 soon. And I'm like, that's a long time to just be wandering somewhere, right? But here's the thing I think about. We, we read about the wilderness and about how they were lost. But you know what? There had to have been some babies born in the wilderness. There had to have been some weddings, some meals, and some celebrations that took place. Otherwise, when they got to the other side of their wilderness, there would not have been anybody left. And so even in the wilderness, even in our wanderings, even in the days where it seems barren and like we are in the desert. And let me tell you something. There have been some desert seasons in our lives. I have walked through desert seasons where it felt like the only thing that was pouring out of me was just the Holy Spirit just funneling it through because I felt dry and parched within my spirit and my soul. I felt like I was wandering in a desert. But even in the midst of the desert and even in the midst of our wilderness and even in the midst of the hardest things you can face, guess what? Babies are still born. Marriages still happen. Love still comes. We still eat meals together. There are still friendships to be made because life continues even in the desert and so yes things are hard but Jesus is still good and yes we will face disappointments but we will also see goodness oh that I may see the goodness of God in the land of the living even in the desert even in the hard things God is still good people are going to let you down God is still good People are going to fail you. God is still good. Death is going to touch all of us. God is still good. Heartache is going to touch all of us. God is still good. There are going to be disagreements. God is still good. God is still good. As long as it is called today, as long as it is called today, we must encourage each other daily. So here today is just me being encouraging to you. And I don't know that encouragement is one of my like most, um, like on my little spiritual gift test. I don't know that encouragement was like in my top three, just being real. But I can't encourage you of this today. I have seen death and I have seen disappointment. I have been broken and I have been mistreated. I have hurt other people and other people have hurt me. I have longed for the coming of Jesus Christ to take us home. I have wondered why people suffer, why people treat people the way they do, why addiction exists, why heartache exists, why those who are supposed to be righteous fall and disappoint and mislead people. I have wondered why things happen that I don't understand. And I have longed for the day that Jesus would return and make all things right. But since I'm still here, I also know that God is good. His mercy endures forever. Every morning, his mercies are new. He has never left us nor forsaken us. When there were three men standing in the fire, there was a fourth standing right next to them. When there was a people walking through the river, there was another there who held back the seas so that they could walk through on dry land. He has never not been with you. And while sometimes I don't know why he doesn't quench the fire or take out those who pursue us. 
I do know he walks with us and beside us and he is still good and he is encouraging you today. Do not give up hope. Do not so desperately want for Jesus to return that you just turn everything off. It is the call of God that as long as it's called today, we keep encouraging. We keep living in the light. We keep moving forward as long as it's called today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. A recipe for days that end in why. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. For days that end in why that are good, rejoice, pray, give thanks. For days that end in why that are not good, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. While you're still here. We're going to close out today in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. There's this little section there, and it says, Spur one another on to good deeds even more as you see the day approaching. And I don't know about you. It may just be wishful thinking, but I feel like the day is approaching. I feel like that Jesus is getting ever closer to the edge of his seat, ready to come get us. And so we must spur one another on to good deeds. Come, Lord Jesus, but while I wait, as long as it's called today, I will encourage myself and others. I will not let my heart get hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. As long as it's called today, I will encourage myself and I will encourage others. As long as it's called today. If you would stand with me, if you're at home, you can stand with us if you want as we close out today. heard Christine Kane say one time that as a woman she only knew how to preach one way that's hard fast and to the point <laughs> I feel like a little bit like that today like I, I talked fast <laughs> and we're, we're ending quickly not a long message today we don't need a lot of words we don't need a lot of time to just need encouragement so here's what I want to say to you today if you're sitting here I want you to know that I love you Jesus Christ loves you. He came and he died for you. He'd do it all if you were the only one here. He would still have done it. And I know these days are hard. And I know that you are facing hard things. I know that our country is facing hard things. I know that our world is facing hard things. And I don't know why the fire isn't just quenched. And I don't know why those who pursue don't just stop. But there is a God who holds back the seas so we can walk on dry land. And there is a God who stands in the midst of the fire with us. And even in your deserts, life comes. So I want to go home. And who wants to go home? I want to go home. Jesus, come quickly, Lord. Do not tarry. Come quickly. But while I'm still here. Lord Jesus, while we are still here, we call out to you and we say, Lord Jesus, we want you to come. But while we are still here, God, guard our hearts with faith and love. Let faith arise within us. 
Let love cover us. Lord, while we are still here, let the hope of your salvation guard and protect our minds, Lord. Let us encourage ourselves and others of the goodness of God. As long as today is called today, let us be encouraged. You are still God and you are on the throne. In Jesus' name, amen.